Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. show live on Orlando Sky Radio. Hello and welcome to yet another show where we've got a group of people who are all going to come and talk a little bit about Disney. My voice went extremely high then, it was a bit weird. Uh, joining me as always is Alan. Hello Alan. Is, is Alan there or has Alan muted himself? I, I, I'm here, it's just it's uh, cutting out a little bit but I'm here. You're here and, and Kez are you there? And I'm here yeah. Hooray we've got Kez back. Kaz has been very busy, haven't you? Yes, with work and rehearsals. She's been doing all that performing stuff, you know. Other, other non-Disney stuff. Other non-Disney stuff. Although, I'm currently combining. Who's typing? Who can I hear typing in the background? Who's that typing? I don't know who it is. Um, I, I'm, I'm combining Disney and performance together at the moment. Oh, um, what are you doing? Uh, I am doing, well, my school production at the moment is uh, Disney's Beauty of the Beast. Good choice, good choice. So um, it's all good. Uh, anyway, we're back with the latest show. I suppose we need to tell you kind of um, what's going on and what we're doing and all the other exciting stuff as well. And uh, kind of, uh, well, should we kind of let you know what we're doing with the show this week? We are going to be doing our usual news and rumours. Uh, as well as that, I've got a, a great sort of red box conversation um, the red box conversation is um, well. It's certainly an interesting one uh, because basically this time around we managed to find somebody who wasn't English <laughs> and <laughs> attempted to have a conversation with them. So we've got red box, and we're bringing around bringing back the around the, the world in eighty segments, which um, we've been doing as part of when they, when we did Disney Rip podcast. We uh, were basically aiming to go around the whole of Walt Disney World. All of the theme park resorts, uh, hotels, restaurants, theme parks in 80 separate segments. And we're halfway through Epcot and we're going to be looking at Mission Space this week. So we've got that coming up as well. So news and rumours, Redbox conversation and Around the World Naked segments. And I think, Kez, are you still there? I am there. Fabulous. We had a, a slight issue. But it was, of course, all seamless, wasn't it? If you are listening live on Orlando Sky Radio, you can get hold of us by emailing us, disneybrit at hotmail.com. You can also uh, get hold of us on Facebook. So if you want to put a message up on Facebook and Twitter, which is at DisneyBrit. And if you uh, do want to comment on anything that's going on during the show, we will, of course, include you all the way through that. So uh, we'll... Uh, that's usually good fun. People usually enjoy that. So let's start off the show then. Uh, before we start the news and rumours, I want to ask you a very quick question because all of you are, t- are quite techie savvy. And uh, one of the things that's sort of been happening over the summer is this inclusion of Wi-Fi in both the Magic Kingdom and also in Epcot. And I just wanted to sort of your opinions on what you think um, 
how much of an impact this is going to have on people and their vacations and, and how they're going to maybe try and tour the parks slightly differently, whether there's going to be any difference at all. I don't know whether you've got any opinions. I think it's a really brilliant idea that they've done it. And now, obviously, you can share, especially for overseas visitors who can't really do, like, data roaming because it's so expensive. You can go in, you can share all your pictures on Facebook and stuff. So I think it's a really good and clever marketing thing that Disney have done. Um, and also you've got access to all their apps and stuff now f- and all the wait times and things like that. So that's very useful. Yeah, it's um, it, 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 useful that, that those of us who are British who didn't have uh, <laughs> any phone beforehand. We're going to save a fortune. Yeah, and now are going to save a small fortune. Alan, mm-hmm. you know, because you're into all your tech um, stuff as well. I'm, I'm not too sure whether it's a good idea or not, though. Oh, controversial. Because when you're walking around the parks, you're going to spend half your time looking at your phone now, aren't you? Good well, point. I, I suppose it so depends. Instead of going down Main Street looking at the windows and seeing all the different bits and pieces that we'd added into the parks, you're going to be catching up with your friends on Facebook and not being in the but park. Imagine how cool it will be to be able to FaceTime your friends at home as you're walking down Main Street USA and go, Look <laughs> Well, that, that is true. You could do that if you wanted to. The other thing is. I've used the free Wi-Fi from the hotels, mm. and it has been a bit of a nightmare at times. From the reports we've had so far, though, they've said that the Wi-Fi in the parks is, is much more reliable. I don't know whether that is true, and obviously it's having to uh, handle a much larger capacity than what the resorts might have to do. Yep. Um, I don't know whether that makes a difference. Um, one of the things I was thinking of is, uh, you know, you've got things like Mobile Magic App, things like that. Uh, one of our sponsors, touringplans.com, they've got the, the, the wait app, the lines app. We've got the um, sort of ca- crowd calendar. And also we've got the touring plan itself, which you can get on your mobile. And beforehand, it was very difficult for us in the UK to be able to access that in the US while we're in the parks whereas at least now we get sort of access to those things as well so if you didn't think touring plans was worth the money beforehand it's definitely worth the money now because you're going to get access to all of that information as well um, I think it's brilliant I love the fact that we've got it I love the fact that I can tweet out to people or send photos from the Magic Kingdom or you know I can I can FaceTime somebody or you know use all these applications that we kind of have a disadvantage over because we didn't get them and now we're going to, and I suppose you have to discipline yourself not to walk down Main Street with your phone in your hand too busy checking what's going on on Facebook. Um, yeah. It's, you, you say you have to discipline yourself, but it's it's easy to fall in that trap, isn't it? Oh, it is, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. But um, I don't know, we'll see. Anyway, uh, enough about that. I suppose it's about time we did some Disney news and rumours. So, here it is. Or it's supposed to be. No, that's not it. It's this one. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. so professional hey look how good are we oh it's a we it's it's all me really with the book and getting it all wrong but uh we're going to talk about our news and rumors it, it feels so long since we last did a show that was two weeks ago i just feel like i've forgotten how to do everything but uh we're gonna we've got loads of news and rumors uh from walt disney world we've got a couple of bits from disneyland paris as well that we want to share with you because although we are on a u.s radio station it's always good to hear about the other parks and we are in the uk and disneyland paris is one of our local um 
Xbox. So, let's start off with Alan then, and it is, of course, September, which means Halloween season in Walt Disney World. What's going on with the parties? Well, um, Disney have just released the 2012 Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party event guide, i.e. the map. Yep. And um, you can now see online the PDF of what's in store for you. So, we've got Mickey's not no. Well, obviously Mickey's not so scary Halloween party because that's what they've called. Oh, it's a relief. And um, we've got the Booty You Halloween Parade, um, Happy Hallow Wishes, which is quite good. Um, character dance parties, not so good. Uh, villains dance, mix and mingle, and um, special character appearances. Have either of you two been to Mickey's Not So Scary? No. Yes, I went last year actually on Halloween. There you go. And I was at the wedding, so Made that was pretty cool. a fortune for going on actual Halloween. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> controversial. You're supposed to go when it's, like, warm and sunny. Did you have you been out? No. Um, I went, I think it was two years ago, uh, with my daughter, who was three years old. And it was, it was a great event. The only part, problem was that she fell asleep halfway through it, so we had to just push her around. <laughs> Brilliant. Looking at the map, uh, is there anything that seems to have moved or changed from the from two years ago? Um, it seems to be, from what I've, I've my quick look at it, it seems to be very much the same. They've got the, um, well, I suppose where Fantasyland is, where the Casey's splash and play thing, mm. that'll have changed slightly because there's like a pathway that goes from that train station back around to Tomorrowland. Okay. So, you know, that'll have changed slightly. Um, they do a lot of the trick-or-treating where you go around and just see a cast member and get a small handful of sweets because we obviously did it at the beginning of the day. Apparently, if you do it later on in the day, you can get a bigger handful of sweets put into yeah, your little you bag. Especially yeah, we're well, still eating ours now. <laughs> Wait, you're still eating them now? Wow. Yeah. It's, um, we, we had three bags, right? We had three bags that we got in the, um, in the park entrance. Put them on our buggies, strollers, whatever you want to call them. Went on a ride, came back, and two of the bags were missing. Now, this was before we put any sweets in, so we'd only got one bag to fill it with sweets. And we only managed to fill it halfway up because we were doing other things than doing the trick-or-treating. Yeah. If I was doing it again, I would focus on the trick-or-treating because this um, selection of sweets is amazing. Mm. Particularly if you come from the UK, it's a totally different choice to what you get over the year. They can't keep them over one night, so they get rid of all of the sweets in one night. So there's there's nothing left over at all. Um, Yeah. One of the things that seems to have happened recently, people have commented and noticed that there's been fireworks set off late at night in the parks when it's all closed, and there's rumours that there could be an, a slight alteration to Hallow Wishes this year. Is that due, do you think? Because mm. they do seem to just keep rolling out the same show, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, don't they, they... Hallow Wishes also is played sort of the week of Halloween during normal park hours as well, isn't it? Yes. So I wonder whether there's an. I think, I think on not every day though. I don't no, think. No, it's not. It's, I think it's most days. Because we took a, a boat trip to um, see the fireworks, little firework cruise, just after the wedding. That was the week of Halloween. Yeah. And um, they had normal wishes on because we were expecting Hallow wishes, but it was normal wishes. So I wonder whether they're thinking about using Hallow wishes for normal and then maybe a new show for the event. Mm. You would think you kind of would have said in the. In the event garden, doesn't so who knows what's going on? Possibly. With that. And another thing it could be is that I remember when we were there, there was a lot of um, private parties around that time of year as well. Oh, okay. Mm. Where people would get sort of ushered out of the park quickly, unless you've got a fluorescent orange jumper on and a wristband. 
could be that. So, as well. uh, it could, could be, be that. It could even be to do with the replacement of Magic Memories and You that's coming in November. Who knows? Mm. Anyway, if you're, going to, if you're going to uh, the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, have a good time. Got any photos or anything? Let us know what you think of it, and uh, no doubt we'll include it in the show at some point in the future. Uh, right, let's go from one event to another. That's the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, because this year, not only is Cat Cora returning, but also you're going to get the chance to meet John Lasseter. We're talking about that imagination, uh, animation genius that he is. Is the sort of the head of uh, Imagineering and all that sort of stuff as well with the stuff that he does as head of creative for the Imagineers. Uh, and he also makes wine. He makes Californian wine. And you're going to be able to meet him and his wife for lunch at 12.30 on October 19th at Citricos, uh, where the chef is going to pair Laster's wine with some seasonal cuisine. If you want to go, it's only going to cost you $130 per person. Bargain at any price. Uh, but you'll be able to go meet John Lasseter, try some of his wine, and have a good, enjoyable small meal with that as well. But also, if you're a fan of Kat Cora, she's going to be appearing for two wine dinners. They've been added to the lineup this year, and she's going to be on hand to greet diners at 8 o'clock on both October the 2nd and 4th. It's going to cost you $170 per person for a five-course dinner with wine pairings in the resort's cosy coronation room. Um, loads of things going on as well. There's another Magic of Healthy Living dinner that's happening on, at 6.30 on October the 19th. That's going to be in the World Show uh, World Show Place where brothers Brian and Michael, who are part of the Celebrity Chef back in 2009 on Bravo's Top Chef, are going to be there as well. It's a four-course memorable dinner because there's also they, the guys also did the show called Bizarre Foods on the Travel Channel. So goodness knows what that's going to be about. But it's going to cost you $110. That includes tips and non-alcoholic beverage as well. But park admission is required for that. So, uh, I, do you know, would you want to go and hear John Lasseter talk about wine and pay $130? Or would you prefer to hear him talk about animation? Um, I think it could be interesting to know about his wine. Because obviously we know all about his animation aspect. But it's something mm. a bit different. It's food and wine. And... You know, is, is it good wine that he sells, or is it just like the uh, Cliff Richard stuff that was... <laughs> no, that's quite a funny story. Didn't you know, when he uh, did the wine test and he, he found that his own wine was rubbish. He said, this is the mm-hmm. worst wine I've ever tasted, and they said, that one's yours. Yeah. No, I'm sure he does a good quality um, wine. I don't know what the technical term would be. Good quality. Um, but I'm also good glad body. that you said it was added to the lineup. It wasn't like one of these Facebook party events that... Uh, if you want to go meet John Lasseter, he's having a meal with his wife in Epcot. <laughs> meet 12 o'clock at this location. Turn up and enjoy. That's <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. Right, we've got some news with regards to some much, much needed changes. Fantastic, I believe, Kez. Yes. So everybody knows who's been to Fantasmic that you have to get there ridiculously early to get a decent seat because that amphitheatre, even though it is massive fills up so quickly and so they're installing an extra 1,000 seats into the Hollywood Hills Amphitheatre um, so that will slightly help with that I'm sure you'll still have to get there early because I think even that 1,000 seats is going to fill up quickly um, but that also means that there might be an overhaul of Fantasmic at the same time because the show that's there currently has been there since the late 90s when it opened and the Disneyland version has had several changes in that period of time. So hopefully we might see some of the changes um, when this seating is put in. 
Yeah, I, I, th- I think one of the things that I've noticed is that everything tends to be very sun bleached at the moment. Mm. Um, so it is time for a bit of a refurb. I think so. And it, it um, is how ridiculous how many people there are that try and get in there. I, know, I think we usually get there about three hours early wow. so you can get in. But then we just get some food and sit there as a family playing Uno or something till it starts. But you also find that as people are sort of going in for the next show, there's already queue building for the for the yeah. second show if there's two in an yeah, evening. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I um we always used to go sort of about an hour beforehand and have to stand at the very back row. Yeah. Right mm. underneath the lighting rig. And then last year we went about an hour and a half early and we walked in and there were some seats right at the very front so I walked see. all the way down the f- to the front and realised why they were left splash zone yeah that's where you get so <laughs> wet brilliant every, every time there's a big sort of fan of water gets sprayed up you think oh look at that then you're going oh soaking wet <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> obviously the rain was or the wind was uh, in the wrong direction for you not to stay dry on that particular evening yep, just what? a bit what sort of difference is a thousand seats going to make? Do we think is it is it going to make a huge difference? I don't think it will because uh, there's always like a massive queue of people trying to get in, even when it's full. So it might help a little bit. And I wonder if it'll actually make people think, oh yeah, it's going to be more seating, so I won't bother to come so early, and there might be more of a last minute rush. Hmm. I don't know. That, well, it yeah, might mean true. that people just spread out a bit more. Maybe. How many? Yeah, because they're not individual seats, are they? It's just benches. So. How many do you reckon um, they are that stand at the back there? Because we know we've already got a ten thousand seater amphitheatre. What we reckon? Another couple of thousand standing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would reckon. Yeah. So if we've got another thousand seats, that just leaves a thousand standing. Look, my maths is good. if they're picking the extra seats, and there'll probably be less standing room anyway, so it probably wouldn't make much difference. That is possibly true, yeah. Do you reckon they're just going to add them to the back rows where you would normally stand? I don't know. That's what I was trying to work out. How on earth are they going to do it? Are they going to build mm-hmm. up behind that? Is that going to then become sort of a walkway between a top layer of seating and a, a lower layer of seating? Because actually mm-hmm. a thousand seats in that amphitheatre is not that many. No. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether they're going to build, you know, do some external work, and as Keza said, whether that's also going to include some additions with regards to um, like the show itself. Are we going to get a new dragon? Are we going to get the addition of Peter Pan and the pirate ship and all that sort of stuff? Or whether the show remain the same? Because uh, you know, Pocahontas is very, very old now, and there's mm. no signs of them doing anything with the franchise. Pocahontas and her forest friends was removed from the Animal Kingdom a long, long time ago, and that sort of element of the show is still there mm. uh, and it's kind of getting old I, I quite like that. it but it's just because I'm a Pokemon yeah, no, I, I, I don't mind it but <laughs> if you look at the generation of uh, Disney fans that are coming through now who have been brought up on things like Tangled uh, mm-hmm. and you know although they will have seen maybe seen Pocahontas not all of them will have done and it might be a, it's, it's five or six minutes of the show that's completely lost on one whole generation of the audience yeah I reckon I could do something quite interesting with Tangle. I'd like to see that. would be awesome, you see. You could have, like, the castle or her turret coming out the top. Mm. Uh, that would be pretty awesome. If they could do something with that, that would be cool. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what they decide to do anyway. Right, we're going to take yep. a quick break. If you have got something you want to say about Phantasmic or uh, Mickey's not so scallery, not so scalloween, not so Halloween, <laughs> scary Halloween party. It's like oh, skeleton, though. Oh, seriously, it's just not good, is it? Uh, then you can uh, email us, podcast at disneybrit.com. Get hold of us on Facebook or the easiest way, at Disney Brit on Twitter. 
Let's see if you guys have got something you want to say about all of that. And then when we come back after the break, if you do, then we will share some of your thoughts with everybody else. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Attraction Tickets Direct is the UK's number one ticket provider for Disney, Universal, and the worlds of Discovery Parks. They offer unbeatable prices and expert advice on all the major tickets and attractions in Orlando, California, and Paris. The service Attraction Tickets Direct provides is second to none. Lines are open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Customers receive real tickets, not vouchers, within seven days. And there are no hidden extras, such as credit card fees or posted surcharges. Now that's what you call great service. Log on to www.attractionticketsdirect.com or call toll-free on 0800-975-0002. Yeehaw! Hello, everyone. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson from Walt Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort, and I'm giving a big shout-out to all my friends listening to Orlando Sky Radio. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Yes, this is the Disney Book Radio Show on Orlando Sky Radio. We are still going through our news and rumors, and we're going to continue with that as we have been doing so for the past 20 minutes or so. So let's continue, and we are going to be going over to Alan, who has some more exciting news all about lockers. Oh, I love lockers. I love lockers. Just to make it even more exciting, it's Animal Kingdom, and I love Animal and, Kingdom. Uh, yeah, Animal Kingdom and lockers. What are they going to be doing? <laughs> I've built it up too much already. You really I? have now, yeah. The, um, they're going to be installing some new lockers at near the Cali River Rapids, which are going to allow guests to have up to two hours of free storage for when they go on the attraction. So there's no more having to worry about whether or not you're going to be soaking your cameras and your iPhones because you're using the free Wi-Fi now. Um, or, well, I suppose you can even take a spare pair of clothing, set of clothing, couldn't you? You can, yeah. You don't have to worry about stuffing it in that little plastic hodel in the middle, which is going to get plastic a little bit hole. leaked on and soaking. Yeah, I'm so pleased Disney have finally realised that that hole in the middle just does not work. No. Now, I want to know, um, are you allowed to put children in these lockers? <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. Maybe. No, I'm, I'm sure I've heard something against that. Just give them a Mickey ice cream, some pretzels and a bottle of Coke and say, right, kids, in there. Two hours, we'll be back for you in a bit. See you later. Hey, there's a few of the other parks that have got the free out, free two hours uh, locker thing going on. Well, Universal now, did, I've they? never personally used it. How does it work? After two hours, did the lockers just open up? Or? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just a free-for-all <laughs> after two hours. Take what you want. I think they ch- Universal Studios, if I remember rightly, and no doubt someone will tell me if I'm wrong on this, it's two hours for free, and then if you haven't opened it within two hours, it then begins to charge you. Ah, right, okay. I believe that's the way it works. 
because because that would be good, and wouldn't it? If if you sort of put your stuff in the locker, you sort of got your family together, you went in the standby queue, which was ninety minutes. Yeah. And then it turned out to be a bit longer than 90 minutes. Then you went on the attraction, you came back, and then you get back to your locker, and it's all empty, and people are wearing your clothes. be interesting to see what happens <laughs> with that, whether or not, if the, the wait did ever exceed two hours, how they would monitor whether you've been in the queue. Well, I suppose they could monitor whether you've been in the queue because you get back and you're soaking wet, but um, yeah. <laughs> whether they can sort of monitor that it's going to go over two hours and how they'll open the lockers and all that sort of stuff, I don't know. It's nice to see that they've started to include it, though, and uh, hopefully they'll do it for some of the other attractions as well. But there's not that many other attractions, really, that need it. No, not Animal Kingdom. Unless you're going for things like roller coasters as well, where you could put in maybe Expedition Everest. Expedition Everest. Um, and that's really about it. You know, you can take your stuff to Finding Nemo, so that won't get wet there. Um, so you, yeah, you might not want to take your stuff around one of the walks, like the Jungle Trek. That's possible, yeah, that's true. I don't know. know. Free lockers are going to be good. Free lockers are always good. We like free lockers. There we go. We should have a free locker meet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it in Birmingham this year. Well, no, no, we could. We'd just take a set of lockers. Yeah. Yeah. You put your stuff in free for two hours. Um, Well, we're going to stay in Animal Kingdom for our next piece of news. And this is is kind of news slash rumour. And we have to sort of point out that this is definitely rumour. And we don't know what exactly is going to be going on with regards to this. I'm kind of hoping it's true, uh, which is probably going to upset loads of people. But um, this massive project Disney announced, which was basically kind of the world of Avatar that was coming to uh, Animal Kingdom. And it's supposed to be this amazing thing that was going to be huge. And, you know, James Cameron was on board and it was going to be in line with everything else that's going on and how amazing it's going to be. Uh, Well, there's a source over IGN who have said, and I'll quote it, the delays carry over into Cameron's World of Avatar attraction at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which was announced around this time last year, due due to creative differences between Cameron and Disney's Imagineer development team. It seems as though we'll be waiting even longer on that project as well. Now, how many times have we heard this? How many times have we heard about they're working on a project and then suddenly they're having creative differences and this isn't going to quite go ahead like this and this might change and this might happen and then suddenly it just completely disappears? Well, I'd heard that when the Harry Potter land at Universal was obviously first getting talked about, yeah. J.K. Rowling was going back and forth between, between Disney and Universal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... J.K. Rowland couldn't get enough control over the project with Disney Imagineering, so that's why she went over to Universal. I'd heard exactly the same thing. So it's probably another case of that, then, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. a possibility now. Whether or not, I don't think he'll go to Universal with it. But I'm so pleased if this thing doesn't get built. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I couldn't be happier if Avatar. I, I can't see how it'll be a good thing. I just, you no. know, it's it's a fad. It was the first movie came out when two thousand and. 10, something like that. I think about, that. I think about maybe even it might earlier have been than before that. that. You know, I've I've still only seen half of it because I can't bring myself around to watch the second half because it was just dirge. Um, and I kind of when they came out with how they were building this brand new attraction to do with Avatar, I couldn't be. You know, I'd have been more excited if I don't know the binman had come round for coffee. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of anything better. Sorry. I was just so dull and just, and it wasn't exciting. I think, yeah, there are definitely better ways of spending that money at Animal Kingdom 
because I'd quite like to see, because I had the beastly kingdom that they oh, were going to have there originally with all the um, mythical creatures and stuff. That would have been quite well, cool. Well, you watch the moment that they say Avatar's not happening, you watch beastly kingdom appear on f- fan forums all over the world. It's <laughs> coming back. Just just need, bring beastly kingdom. As long as they fix the Yeti, I don't care. Yeah, that's why this is actually, the creative difference is this. They've turned around to James Cameron and said, we can't do Avatar yet because we've got to spend all the billions of pounds on that we're going to spend on <laughs> that to fix the Yeti. Um, <laughs> or bring back yet. the Adventurers Club and, gonna, and put yeah, it in Animal see, Kingdom. A giant Adventurers Club in Animal Kingdom would be fantastic. Well, there's yeah. something. There's rumours online about a big announcement to do with the Adventurers Club in October. That would be cool if it was. But I'm mm. going on record to say, if Avatar does not get built in Animal Kingdom, I will be the happiest boy around. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'd like to see them do with Avatar? What? Burn it? No, put it into the um, Disney Studios instead. In, and revamp the Honey I Shrink the Audience, or whatever it's called, play area. Honey I Shrink the Kids movie mm. playset adventure or something like that. Yeah, I think that, that could be more themed to be Avatar-y. I still don't like it. I don't want Avatar, get rid of it. It's not Disney, it never will be Disney, it's rubbish. <laughs> Avatar is rubbish, <laughs> fact. End no. of. We've got, there there uh, are a lot of issues with it. but We've got parts of the Caribbean coming to... Uh, to Hollywood Studios, which would be cool, with the Jack Sparrow experience thing that's going where Narnia was. That would be all right. Mm. But Avatar, no, get rid of it. Stupid idea. Anyway, um, moving out of the parks, and we're heading to downtown Disney with Kez. Yeah, there's, as some of you may know, a AMC cinema there, and they're going to be offering sensory-friendly film-going experiences for guests with autism. And so, basically, they're putting on special shows where the theatre lights will be turned um, up the sound is reduced and then the audience members are free to get up and sing and dance and do whatever they want and which is really good because obviously um it's quite challenging to take children's with different aspects of autism mm. to a normal showing because obviously you get people who are not very understanding about the condition and things so this is just uh, one showing of a couple of films where they can go and take their children and not feel any pressure of people around because everyone's going to be in the same boat and the films you can see are Finding Nemo on September 22nd, Frank and Weenie on October 13th, Wreck-It Ralph on November 10th, and Rise of the Guardians on December 8th. And they'll all be at 10am. I love this idea. Mm, I think it's really lovely. I think it's it's nice that they're considering it because um, we had an article in Mouse Mag uh, a while back in which uh, it was all to do with taking an autistic child to Walt Disney World. And actually... What people don't understand is the the difficulties that people face with bringing somebody who may have a disability to to Walt Disney World. And I'm lucky, I say lucky, I feel privileged, I suppose, that day in, day out, I work with a huge number of autistic children um, in my job. And they all have different needs and they all Mm. uh, have to be looked after in different ways and have certain things for them. So the fact that somebody in Walt Disney World has actually gone, this is a brilliant idea for autistic kids, you know, Mm. round of applause to them. It's... um, a really good idea so well done i like it i like the fact yeah. that they're gonna do it and you know plus i want to go because um i always want to sing and dance in the cinema and my wife never lets me because <laughs> quite frankly she's just a bit mean um so that'd be cool and it's the amc downtown disney isn't it yeah amc do you think this is sort of just testing it out to be like more of a more regular thing for example Probably. like every other monday or every monday maybe they started it um in the amc in the columbia mall that's a dog so I wonder if they're going to roll it out through all of their AMC. 
<laughs> I apologise for my dog. Wanted to join in the conversation, but that was roughly translated as "I hate Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, back to your sensible conversation that you were having. Not mentioned Avatar Four. Well, well, he's got to make Avatar Two yet. Oh, I've heard that. What the story about the uh, delay was that um, there's there's even more delays on Avatar Four. Yes. What about Avatar Three? Well, they were going to apparently going to make two and three together. Get get the second one done first. I don't care. (laughs) End of. (laughs) (laughs) Right, anyway, let's move on, because I don't want to talk about Avatar anymore. I want to talk about this, which excites me, Alan. Okay. I'll trust it that it excites you. This does excite Um, me. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is going to be in mass merchandise mode within the parks. Now, all of a sudden, you can get tons and tons of different merchandise things at the parks. For example, you've got these new mouse ears, which are the rabbit ears. <laughs> I suppose awesome. I've done that wrong, haven't I? Um, and you've got T-shirts, yep. plushes, magnets, pin badges, and loads and loads of stuff. Special vinylmation, actually, there, uh, with special Oswald the Lucky Rabbit ears. Now, one of the things which I thought was quite interesting, and I don't know if you two know this or not, but... Why have we only just recently started to get a lot of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit stuff? Because we've just bought it back from Universal. Yeah. Mm. The Sorry, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was then? owned by Universal Studios up until, I think it was 2006. About then, yeah. Where they exchanged a sports newsreader for the license to get the rabbit back. <laughs> that is genius. Love it. Bizarre. Uh, but... It's good that Disney have got that back because now obviously it's it's one of the things that is part of the evolution of Mickey Mouse and mm-hmm. I think he's quite a cute little character. He is. I've, I've got my own cuddly uh, plush version of Oswald on my windowsill. I can see him right now. He's oh, awesome. Jealous. I like him. Now, uh, you can, you said about the animation, the Oswald animation, which is also equally awesome. The only downside yep. to it is, is it is the chaser in the classic cartoon series. <laughs> so that's going to be a hard one because that's really, that's going to be one that everyone's going to want, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, that, so that means um, it's going to be expensive on eBay. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, expensive on eBay. Yeah, be hundreds of dollars. It's, it's not going to happen. I'd love it, but it's not going to happen. But I want, I want an Oswald t-shirt. That'd be cool. But I've got my plush, which I'm pleased with. I sort of found him in the Disney store. So uh, roll on, Oswald merchandise. And also, uh, not that I'm going to moan, uh, I probably am, this is the point where we kick Duffy out and we replace him with Oswald in a meet and greet. Oh, I'd love that. See, that would be a good idea. But and I do that... love Duffy as well, so... <laughs> uh, I forgot to tell everyone, this, is, team this now. is Kez's last show. Um, I, think, I think we're losing connection there. Yeah, sorry, what... See you later, right, bye! bye. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> right, so we've got one last piece of news just to share with you very, very quickly. And it's to do with Disneyland Paris. Their Christmas season is altering slightly. We're... We're losing some stuff, we're gaining some stuff, and they're trying to include stuff that already exists. Um, So, to let you know that it's going to be happening from the 9th of November all the way through to the 6th of January, this year we've got a new Cavalcade of Christmas, which is going to be a mini parade that's going to travel down Main Street, USA. The lighting ceremony of the Christmas tree is once again going to return, as is the Meet Father Christmas in Santa's Village Cottonwood Creek Ranch, because, of course, Santa has a ranch every year um also it's a small world celebrations returning that's quite a nice little uh, different kind of um 
sort of take we have like a Christmasy tune going through. Yeah, have a Christmasy sounding tune and they put all the Christmas stuff in it. It's quite cool if you've not been. Uh, I quite like it. It's a small world celebration. We've got Meet Santa Goofy. He's in Town Square. He's always there, and he's going to be there again this year. Uh, we've got Meet Mickey, which is new for the 20th anniversary. They're, they're throwing that into the mix as well, uh, even though he's been there, like, forever. Um, also, um, this year, we're seeing no Mickey's Winter Wonderland. That's gone. Oh, That's not oh, going I back like this that. year. I know. It's a shame, because that was kind of the only live show that we mm. had. And that's not coming back this year. Um, also, Bell's Christmas Village is disappearing as well, which has been there for years. You kind of go in there, you can buy Christmassy knickknacks, and they sell mulled wine and all that sort of stuff from in there. But that's not happening this year either. So um, it's kind of sad to see that that's going. But that's all of it anyway. We thought we'd just let you know some Disneyland Paris stuff. Anybody fancy Disneyland Paris for Christmas? I would Always. have had the money. Yeah, me too. It is lovely. It's really nice to go uh, at Christmas and see everything. It's even nicer to be there on an actual Christmas day, which is pretty cool. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, we've just had a, a link sent through to us, the Huffington Post, uh, saying that the Avatar prequel, James Cameron says fourth film will go back to Pandora. So fourth oh, film could so be he's got a plan for it. He's got, he's got a plan. Maybe he's back to the drawing board would be better. He's got a plan, but he's got to he's do got film it. two and three first. Unless he's going to do a, a George Lucas and just make <laughs> them out of order because he likes the other ones much more than the other one did. Uh, right, okay, that is all of our news and rumours. We are going to uh, take a quick break and uh, you're going to bring you as well our Redbox conversation. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Mission Space and about all the fantastic things that you can do on that attraction and all the stuff that we love. So we'll be back in a few minutes. In the shadows of Mount Everest, a train awaits. But be warned, those attempting to reach the summit must face him. Expedition Everest, the peak of adventure, only at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. Hi everyone, this is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4pm Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. You're listening to Orlando Sky Radio, the best music and the best source for all your local parks and attractions news from around Orlando. Orlando Sky Radio, your vacation station. Hello, is this the red telephone box in Epcot? No. It's not? No. What I is don't it? Know. I don't speak English. You don't speak English? Yes. You do speak English? I, I, I speak Portuguese. You speak Portuguese? Yes. Um, okay. Are you in Epcot? Huh? Are yes. you in Epcot? Uh, yes, I here in Epcot. You hear Epcot? Yes. And ha- are you having a good day? Yes, 
very good day today. Is it hot? Hot. Very hot. Very hot. And um, where are you going now? Uh, I'm going to other place. The other. Okay. Okay. Well, you have a lovely time where you're going. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Hey, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and when I'm in Britain, I listen to the Disney Brit podcast. Awkward. I think you could have Brilliant. stopped short there. <laughs> he was just getting into his flow. I was. It was just, just, uh, it was just my favourite line in the whole of that is, "I don't speak English." <laughs> uh, oh, yes, it, it happens. I love it. I love it when things like that happen. I was completely not expecting it to be someone who. <laughs> I was, and I was thinking, I don't even know any Portuguese. I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is this is quite hard. Anyway, uh, I I love that. It's brilliant. We are looking at Mission Space as part of our Around the World in 80 segments. And we're going to take a, a 10 or 15 minute look at all the things to do with Mission Space. Shall I find some Mission Spacey music? Here we go. Oh. Is it me or is this one of the cheesiest attraction themes in the world? Is this an actual attraction theme? Yeah, for Mission Space. Mm. There you go. I thought it sounded like your Friday Night Collection. It is, yeah. <laughs> this is what I put on when we have a romantic meal for two, candlelit, a bit of this. Yeah. There you go. That, that's yeah. so wrong, that is. <laughs> it gets better. The greatest journey of all time for all to see. See, for all to see. Every mission makes our dreams reality. And our destiny begins with you. It's amazing it sounds like something Eternal used to sing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like Eurovision Song Contest. It's, it is. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the Ukraine entry for the Eurovision Song Contest. Mission Space. It might nil, win. Nil point. Uh, right, so we're talking about Mission Space, which is uh, obviously one of the attractions in Future World in uh, Epcot, and I've just nearly taken my microphone out, and that would have been dangerous. So, uh, it's uh, it's a great attraction, a show length of about 5 minutes 38 with Gary Sinise, the lovely man that he is, and a ride length of just under 4 minutes, produces 2.5G. Uh, which is a good number of G, height requirement of 44 inches. In total, there are uh, four centrifuges with 10 capsules per centrifuge and four riders per capsule. A massive 1,600 rider per hour throughput, which is huge. Mm. Fast pass available, and of course, you've got your two different versions you can ride now. It's wheelchair accessible, assistive listening, and closed caption available as well. Uh, imagine trying to do closed caption at that high speed. But... Um, <laughs> It's a fantastic. That's why I had the sick bags. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's bad enough trying to read a text when you're in a car, let alone trying to read closed captioning at 2.5G. That's just that's asking for trouble. Your eyes would be like pinned open, wouldn't they? <laughs> totally, wouldn't they, Josh? Uh, it's soft opening in June 2003 with a grand opening of the 9th of October 2003. It was attended uh, by Michael Eisner and also uh, several of NASA administrators and astronauts because this attraction was actually designed 
with NASA. Uh, it was the first time NASA had created any sort of attraction. It was it was a typical sort of thing that Disney do. They go to a company and say, we want you to create, basically, the uncreatable. They did exactly the same thing when they went to uh, Otis Lifts, I think it was, to create um, Tower of Terror. And they went, what do you mean? You want us to create a lift that gets pulled down? No, we're not doing it. Whereas, luckily, NASA were on side and came and helped them build this absolutely huge place. And I remember Horizons being the old attraction there that permanently closed in 1999. I don't know whether you guys remember uh, being at the park around that time, certainly around the millennium. And I went and there was, like, no Horizons and there was a big, massive sort of fence up with this coming soon mission space and it was always like what's this awesome thing going to be called or what's it going to be about and never knowing anybody see sort of the, the building site that it was, there was this no sort of, I was too little you were too little Alan, <laughs> I only went uh, in 2001 and oh, still didn't see it oh, oh do you remember, I didn't Alan? see it either I was it? too big just me I, <laughs> it's too big I just remember um, trying to take photos over the fence that was the start of it that's when it all began they're taking the photos over the fence. It's never good. Uh, cost around $100 million to build. Uh, features a special VIP room for HP employees called the Red Planet Room, although it was originally sponsored by Compaq. Uh, it did change to HP when they sort of merged together. And uh, it's just such a good ride. And I think we, we kind of want to talk through with people what there is in there and about how exactly it uh, it works and what it's all about. So I, do you want to kind of... Tell everyone about your first experiences of Mission Space. Kez, do you want to start us off? I've never been on it. I do have an interesting sorry, reason behind that, though. What you? Because I have that weird phobia, but I don't know if you know that I told. I don't know if I told you at Mouse Means, but it is the fifth most common fear. Before I mention this, in the UK, right? Come on. I'm actually scared of um, being sick and people being sick, so I can't go near this ride. Okay. Uh... <laughs> So I've never been on it. I've literally stood outside it, and none of my family have been on it either. Not even now as the tamer version? No, I'm literally, I'll have a mass panic attack if I went anywhere near people being sick or... Does it help if I tell you that I've been on this ride a lot and I've never seen anyone throw up? But then I've had, I've seen all the horrible things and YouTube videos of people being sick afterwards and stuff. So <laughs> I'd also <laughs> like to YouTube point out, you watch. I'd also like to point out that during um, Kez's um, sort of information gathering for this segment, she even has a whole section on incidents of people <laughs> who have died uh, uh, or have been seriously injured or seriously ill. There's like See, that's there's, another there's... thing that you wouldn't want to go on because the amount of. <laughs> like things that have happened and people who have died going on mission space but technically not related to mission space and all of that according to disney and technically not on disney property exactly no one dies on disney property <laughs> no, well, that's true uh, alan you've been on this surely well obviously you know that i have a big scaredy pants oh no so, um, please say you've been on a version of this so i went on it this year for the first time right and come on which version do you think i went on you went on the green version uh, is the green version the softy wafty yes. one? Yeah. No, I went on the other one. Did you really? <laughs> oh, Convin- I convinced my father-in-law and my wife that we should go on it. And um, I didn't tell them anything about what the ride was going to be like inside. Me, on the other hand, I've watched all the videos, seen the making <laughs> of, yeah. um, <laughs> the schematic diagrams of the wiring looms that are in the thing. You know, I'm obsessive with that sort of information. So I knew exactly what to expect. And I was prepared to be a bit poorly. Right. But I was absolutely fine. 
See, I've been absolutely fine on this as well, and it's never made me sick. And I did the the orange version, or well, but there basically wasn't an orange version when it came out. I just did the version, mm. um, and uh, I don't think Zoe's done it because she always complains about blood pressure things. Um, and then we did the green version, and I went on the green version, and the green version is so tame compared to the orange version, I think. Um, but it's it's such a good ride, and. The thing is, I think one of the things that I remember when I first went on this attraction was, A, why is Gary Sinise in the pre-show video? That was a little bit weird. But once you actually got in, the fact that you're actually given jobs, and just to explain a little bit about the story of it all and how it all works, the idea is you're being trained to go on the very first mission to Mars aboard this X-2 deep space shuttle. It's supposed to be 2036, and you get trained at the International Space Training Centre, the ISTC, and it's all supposed to coincide with the 75th anniversary of man's first mission into outer space. And then each person is given a particular job that they have to take part in while they're in their particular capsule. So you've got a navigator, a pilot, a commander, or an engineer. And each of them are supposed to push two buttons at a, a particular time so that, you know, things don't go wrong. Now, what they don't tell you is if you don't press them, autopilot kicks in and does it for you anyway, which is quite good because what I wasn't expecting the first time is when you sat there, and I think I was the pilot the first time I did it, and you had to press these buttons, but the G-force was so strong, I was struggling to actually get my arm up to actually <laughs> press the button. It was like literally there, like using my other hand to try and get my hand to press the button because it does suck you into the back of your seat because it goes around so quickly. Um, and then um, it you have all your cues to do and then at the first stage you're missing you then you get a gravity boost which takes you on a slingshot around the moon and then you get put into hyper sleep basically for what is supposed to be weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks um and then suddenly you wake up again and you're right by uh mars and you have to come into land and suddenly there's a panic that you're going to crash land and everyone has to get hold of their joystick and has to then try and land the spaceship before it falls off the end of the uh, the cliff as it lands in Mars and that's basically what the attraction is all about um, and interestingly I was looking at some of the, say, some of the information that, that Kess has written down here uh, it says the orange ride the orange version of the ride utilises a multi-arm centrifuge to spin the uh, uh, to spin the simulator at the speed and gravitational forces experienced in space the orange team will experience force of 2.4 G which is more than twice the gravitational force you experience on Earth uh, you will not experience the G's to that extreme on the G uh, on the green version. So if you're prone to motion sickness, this is the one to go for. Fans blow air gently at riders to help avoid motion sickness, apparently. Uh, although uh, in 2003, the amount of protein spills have steadily been increasing since then. Um, <laughs> and apparently if you're over 55, take note that enough people have actually gone to hospital after riding it to become a concern that Disney are now considering. I don't know. But there are massive, and I mean massive, warnings as you go in. Um, Alan, did it put you off? Pardon, sorry? The warnings as you go in, did it put you off? It didn't put us off. It was almost comical because as you walk in, you've got a, a disclaimer note to look at, so hand into someone else as you board and yeah. card. And then there's several signs as you're walking past the queuing areas. And then when you go outside the area, before you get to stand outside the pods, you've got a video to watch, which tells you about three or four times that if you suffer from motion sickness, this is not the ride for you. And then when you stand outside the pods, you watch another video and they flash up words saying that, look, if you're motion sick or you're scared of rides or you, you don't like flying into space or whatever, use the chicken exit now. And they do tell you a lot. 
It, they do a huge amount. It's kind. It, it, you're right. It, it's almost comical. It's almost like some sort of comedy sketch where um, all the time it's like, did you know? And you're expecting to jump out, someone to jump out and go, you're going to feel motion sick and go on this ride and then disappear again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my father-in-law thought it was ridiculous the amount of times, but when he when he got off, he was walking sideways. So oh, there you go. So um, he is fifty. Uh, just to tell you some of the, I'm not. Do you know what? I'm not even going to go through the incidents, the incidents <laughs> list you've got on here. I'm not even going to. We probably scared of people enough anyway. But you know what? Disney have to do it. They have to be over the top and overboard about everything that's going on with regards to the attraction. But you know, it's not as bad as people make out. I I certainly think that the, the reason they do it obviously is because they have to. Um, yeah. But I I think it probably scares people a huge a huge amount when it doesn't actually need to scare them that much at all because actually it's nowhere near as, as bad as, as they think it is. And and I'm, I am I suppose I do get much of sick. Crush's Coaster, Disneyland Paris, always makes me feel horrendous when I get off it. But yeah, I can go on Mission Space and it, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. I feel absolutely fine. So, uh, See, I'll probably be fine because I love Crush's Coasters and I never, ever, touch wood, have ever been ill due to rides. But it's me being scared of people around me, especially people I don't know, because I'm terrible on aeroplanes. I keep going, do you feel all right? Do you feel all right? And inevitably, the kids behind me always puke. Nice. They never sit behind me in an aeroplane. So what we need to do is sedate you uh, long enough to get you on the ride and then wake you up just before it starts. Good do. But then I'll still be freaking out the person next to me. I'll be like going, Yeah, but it's right. We'll stick, right. You a, we'll stick you in a capsule with three of your family members. We'll stick Joe one no, side. No, no, that'd be worse. I hate seeing, because my dad got food poisoning at the Hoopty Doo review last year for the wedding. Right. And he got on the bus from the dining hall to um, the other bit where you get the next bus. Yeah. And where all the horses are kept and he projectile vomited everywhere. Nice. That's that's yeah. lovely. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Did you put that on your YouTube? No, no I haven't. I didn't want. I had to talk to nine one one. It was quite scary, actually. Oh, look at you! Mm. Being all like ER and everything. Sorry so avoid the ribs at the Hoopty Doo review. Right, we're about running out of time for the show. So my question to you before we go is: uh, this attraction is suitable for uh, not toddlers, not babies, mm-hmm. tweens, father-in-laws. Father, <laughs> tweens. Are we talking? Would would we go as low as like ten, eleven year olds? I suppose. Yeah, they go on it. Yeah, if you put them on the green one, I would imagine. Yeah, and then as soon as you get to your teenagers and all that sort of stuff, you're fine oh. until you get to fifty five. If you're fifty five or over, there's a chance you might go to hospital. Apparently. So. Uh, <laughs> sign the disclaimer. Just sign the disclaimer before you get on. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Um, but there we go. Anyway, right. Uh, let's give it out of five. Um, Kaz can't give it anything. Uh, do you want to give the the outside what the outside looks like out of five? I quite like the outside. I you give like it the outside. That's good. Four. Four out of five. Uh, I I'm going to give it a five out of five because I think it's brilliant. Alan, I'll, I'll give it a four out of five. You're going four out of five as well. Okay. Oh, well, there we go. So we're giving it fours and fives out of five, and Kaz is given the exterior a nice <laughs> five out of five as well, which is lovely. Well, that is the end of the show, which means it's time for this, and that is pretty much it we didn't even have a chance to talk about all of the uh, post-show stuff at Mission Space with all the games and stuff that are going on there but uh, if you've been through there you know exactly what that looks like and it's a great place to take your kids 
they can't go on mission space anyway. Well, that is it. That's the end of this show. Thank you once again for joining us. I want to thank Kez and Alan for joining me. Thank you. Thanks. No probs. And uh, also we want to uh, thank our sponsors, which is Attraction Tickets Direct, attractionticketsdirect.co.uk, and also the wonderful people at touringplans.com. You can get all your crowd calendars, you can get your lines, predictions, and you can get your touring plans themselves. And even now, with the Wi-Fi in the parks, I'm great really be able to take that with you and be able to surf all of the information for that particular park while you're there. Also, you can check out uh, uh, the... Uh, website disneybrit.com and also our facebook page is over there you can check out our youtube channel which has got some really cool stuff on it as well we've got I haven't put some videos on for a while but i know kez is off to california very soon so Yay. keep an eye out for all the stuff that's going to be appearing on there also you can uh, make sure to check out disney island discs radio show that's going to be on next monday and uh, that's at 4 p.m eastern and uh, you can come and listen to some music from i believe hollywood studios on this occasion uh, also you can um, listen to the iron Orlando radio show that's going to be returning on sunday evenings or sunday afternoons at 4 p.m as well and uh, i think that pretty much rounds everything up you can contact us at podcast at disneybrit.com on facebook and also by going to at DisneyBrit on Twitter and joining in the conversations that are going on over there. And that's pretty much it. So, until next time, which is going to be on Monday, the 24th of September for the next DisneyBrit radio show. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs>